Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I am Matt, a.k.a. Jesus Christ Golden. That's putting it lightly. This week, we're going to do part one of a two-part episode where we're going to count down our top ten favorite comic book movies, TV shows of the year. You're damn right we are. Uh, each list is actually a surprise, so we don't know where we've ranked anything. I feel like our list will probably be pretty different for the most part. I broke into your house last night to see what your list was, and I hated it. That was weird because it's all inside my mind. <laughs> also, for the listeners, I just tapped my head so you know if you can get that visual cue for yourselves. Yeah, I think I, now that I'm looking at my uh, picture of your list, I think I just took a picture of your grocery list. Yeah, you're really confused, but it was some bold choices that Iceberg Lettuce made number one on my list this year. <laughs> Top choice. It's a bold uh, choice. But first, we're going to talk about our first love, and that's going to be comic books. you goddamn right we are. So, Matt, I want to know, what has been your favorite ongoing, continuing series for 2017? Uh, 2017 has been the year that I have started reading single issues, so I've been catching up on all my favorites. And the most consistent and best throughout 2017. Uh, drum roll, please. We don't have the budget for that. No, we sure don't. My, my favorite comic of 2017 ongoing is <coughs> shocking. Uh, it's saga. It's the best thing on the market. It's the easiest pick out there. It wins all the Eisner awards for best comic and for fucking great reason. Every issue is heartbreaking and warming in your heart. And it's, Visually stunning, because I like to talk about the visuals here on this audio format. I can't hype it up enough. It's the best. I genuinely hate that you picked that answer, because Saga was also my answer for favorite continuing series. Yeah, it's just the best. I mean, it is. thing about it, like, it, it just... Saga just tugs at you, like, emotionally in a way that most comics don't. You feel, like, despair and sadness and genuine hope for these characters. Yeah, and Alex has only read, like, three comics of this. Like, three single issues of it, so that's saying something. So, you know, and I don't want to have the same pick, so I'm going to change my pick right now. My favorite ongoing series is now not Saga. It's, um... Let's go with Sex Criminals. Fantastic book. Chip Zdarsky, Math Fraction. I like that. Masters of Humor. Can't be beat. Also, a story with a lot of heart, with a lot of X-rated material at the same time. I'll give you two more, just so everybody gets their money's worth here. East of West, Jonathan Hickman title, also on Image. And then a Jason Aaron title, also on Image, Southern Bastards. Those would be my top three, I think, ongoing. It's really good. It's a great story about, because we haven't talked about this one before, uh, Southern football team which is something in Alabama. Very, yeah, it's something I can relate to. My high school football team actually just won state for their fifth time. Go Eagles baby. So it it kind of uh reminds me of of my younger years in a football town. You know, you're you're supposed to pick one. So you're already breaking the rules by adding two more on there. Uh you just did one too, you son of a bitch. Uh, I'm going to throw another one on there and say deadly class uh recommenders master series that's the most punk rock comic that i read so it gets a pass for that and also because it's just a fantastic story that i'm not going to give too many spoilers up because hey we have not set a spoiler warning yet so from here on out anything else we talk about huge spoiler warning yeah massive all right so before we get into the meat and potatoes of this obviously you listeners at home don't know this but yesterday was Christmas. So, Alex, I think you have a Christmas story about a ruined gift that I would love for you to tell everybody. Oh, my 
lovely wife was amazing enough to surprise me with trips to the Dallas Fan Expo in April for the convention down there, which I'm looking forward to. And she had this whole plan where she was going to hide it in some trades, like the tickets, and have it be a big surprise. Uh, the only downside is they sent something in the mail with their logo blasted all over it, happening to get the mail that day, so the prize was kind of ruined by their uh, poor planning. Yeah, she told me about it, and we're all going to go down there, uh, he and his wife and me and my girlfriend. And she was like, don't you ruin the surprise. And I was like, oh, shit, I better not fuck this up. And leave it to us uh, to have it ruined in a whole other way. Yeah, and she set up all this work to have like nothing, like the tickets not delivered or anything like that, too. Have nothing sent to the house. And they're like, by the way, in, inside that envelope was just a piece of like trash reading cards, basically. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, it's, it was a worthless piece of paper. Oh, fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. That's so great. Oh, that poor sweet expo. But that ruined my fun. I'm still looking forward to it. But let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. I think I already said meat and potatoes once, so we can't say meat and potatoes anymore. Otherwise, I think we're going to owe royalties to both meat and potatoes. Can we say bangers and mash? We can definitely say bangers and mash. Okay, well, now we can't. We just said it twice. Shit. Okay, so why don't you tell me what made number 10 your list? What was the film or show that squeaked out all others? Oh, yeah, just so before I, I say that, this is going to be movies and television shows that premiered this year. It's not anything that's ongoing. It's not anything yeah. that was announced. So no CW shows, no Preacher, no Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., no stuff like that. Nope. Otherwise, Preacher would definitely have made my list. But sadly, for our own criteria we set for ourselves, it didn't make the cut for that reason. I wouldn't be surprised if you still tried to slip it in somewhere like a real dingbat. Okay, so number 10 on my list, I had – I've lost sleep over my number 10 pick. <laughs> it has been tearing inside. I literally had to break it down between three things. Yeah, number 10 was like the hardest pick, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, because it's the one where you leave something out. Yeah. And I had to leave two very good things off of my list because I did it. Well, don't mention them. I will not. Absolutely not. And it and it breaks my heart to do it. But number 10, <laughs> which is fitting, breaks my heart to do this. Number 10 is Justice League. Wow. I will say this. I love. I thought just like it was a really fun film. That did not make my list, oddly enough. And I say that as someone that enjoyed the film. I uh, did too. And I almost did it more for shock value because it, it could have easily hovered into the 11 or 12 position on my list because I had a top 12, essentially. And I'm not going to be one of those guys that has a tie for a spot. That's lame as fuck. So number 10 is Justice League. I loved it. It was great. Top 10 movie of the year. Can I say, too, that... This was a great year for comic book movies and TV shows. There was so Man, much good stuff out there was this there year. Ever. That, like, I mean, there's a good chance that next year, if we do this again, it's supposed to be a top five list because there was just so few st- stuff out there. But this year, just an overwhelming amount of great comic book content. Okay. And I also think we're making up rules as we go here. So if something is not on one of our lists, maybe we should save it. For a shock value. This is number 10, so it's not a big yeah. coveted spot or anything. No, but that also means, too, that by the time we get to number one, we'll forget what, what we had on You're each other's probably list. right. And okay. I'm drinking a beer yeah. here, so who who yeah, knows what I'm going to remember. Yeah. So I'll say number 10 on my list was Spider-Man Homecoming. Ooh. Yeah, which for me, that film, I did not care about it at all when it was announced. But after I got done Same. seeing it, it was the film that made me care about Spider-Man again, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, I when Spider-Man Homecoming was announced, I likewise was like, oh, fuck, another Spider-Man movie. But then as it crept closer, I was like, okay, another Spider-Man movie. And then the, the Rotten Tomatoes reviews came in. I was like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, motherfucker. And Spider-Man was great. 
I must say that yesterday as I was editing my list for the last time, I actually moved it down a few spots on my list. Really? I did. Yeah. I did. I mean, it, it's a great film. Uh, it, and it did the wonderful things of not telling us the origin story over again, which was a fantastic move. Thank God. That I really appreciate it. Who's the director for that Spider-Man Homecoming? You're putting me on the spot. I, I know. can't remember right God, now. You're so dumb. I know. I can't remember. Like it's <laughs> weird. It's weird. I remember the director for like the Amazing Spider-Man, which is Mark Webb, which I didn't like that film at all. <laughs> and but for some reason, this film I really enjoy, and I'm usually good with directors. I can't remember his name. It's off my head. Good. Fuck you, director of Amazing Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> all, all of them. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> Everybody but Sam Raimi. Sam yeah. Raimi. Yeah, I mean, he you. is a god. He really yeah. is a god. So why don't you tell me what made number nine on your list? Number nine on my list was a television show. I didn't have a whole ton of television shows make my list. Uh, so this is the first appearance of a TV show here. We've got the fantastic show is currently only six episodes long in its first season. It's coming back for more. It's exclusively on Amazon. It is the tick. I love the tick. The humor is just so spot on. Oh man. That show. I don't think anything made me laugh in comics quite as well as Tick did. I will very uh, respectfully disagree uh, because the Tick is hilarious and there were just a lot of funny comic book things out this year. There really were. And you might call me a cheater later on when I name something else. But the Tick was beautiful. It was fun. It was campy. It was great. It was corny. It was everything that I wanted from the Tick. And I actually had that inside my top five at one point while making my list and moved it down to nine. Before anyone gets like any persnickety, I know like the pilot came out in 2016. That doesn't count. The series actually launched in 2017. So yep. we counted it for our 2017 list. Agreed. My number nine was also a TV show. It was the Fox television show, The Gifted. Ooh, yeah. beautiful. The show that I've really enjoyed. It just got a shorter run, 13 episodes. I'm curious to see where it goes for the final three coming into the new year. But it's a show that the performances are great. The strong casting. They actually say numerous X-Men characters use real X-Men characters uh, or say numerous X-Men references and use real X-Men characters. It's just fantastic. It's not the best X-Men property in the world, but for what it is. Far from it. With how limited they are. Like, they can't use. They obviously can't use Wolverine. They can't use Cyclops. But with what they have available to them, they've done a fantastic job building the tension. Uh, and creating drama that I'm excited to watch each week. Do you want to re-rank the Strucker family for us real quick? <laughs> no, no, don't actually. No. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm really happy that you uh, decided not to do that. So just for you at home, because we're telling people when something lands outside of our top list, this was one of those decisions that I had to leave off the list. This is number 11 on my list. Ooh. Just barely, 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 barely missed the cut. So I'm yeah. happy that you didn't have it actually squeak into the top 10 yeah. or that you didn't have it, any further inside the yeah. top 10. I mean, it did squeak in there the for me. Barely. Yeah. I, to squeak I haven't in. heard any news yet, whether it gets, is going to get a second season, but I hope it does. They've really set things up. Hopefully second season gets a little higher budget. Fox trusts them a bit more. Actually Fox Disney trusts them a bit more. Gives them some more names to throw their way. <laughs> but, Hello Disney. We yeah. love you. And I hope they get like more than like three or four sets to use. But with what they've gotten, they've done a really good job. I would agree. Okay. Number eight. How we're moving right the fuck along. Mm. All right. Here's our first duplicate. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number eight on the list. So who directed Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, It was most definitely Michael Keaton. 
Pretty sure it wasn't. <laughs> Although we did not talk about Michael Keaton at all. And for a villain, I thought he was one of the better cinematic villains for, for Marvel movies. I mean, he just looks like a psychopath. So, of course, yeah. he, he nails it. He's he's Michael fucking Keaton. He's and he has psych- that reason that like he's he beautiful. cares about his family. His workers were getting screwed over by the government. It was that nice tie-in back to the first Avengers film, I mean, too, in the opening. Peter was stooping his daughter, so, of course. I don't think there was any mean. stooping going on. I don't think I know what the word stooping means. Just kidding. Did they even kiss in the film? Only with their privates. I I don't think you know what kissing means either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Michael Keaton is beautiful in this film. He's beautiful in every film. So you're looking forward to the inevitable Spider-Man Homecoming sequel? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm curious. And of course, I'm going to see how Spider-Man does and Benedict War. Even though we see that great little shot of Peter in the video. We see him in his new spider suit that he got at the end of Homecoming. Yeah, but dope. also that great shot of him on the bus. Just with his hair raising like his spider's just tingling. And then he oh, looks out the window. He <laughs> <laughs> You really misinterpret a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was way over my yeah. head. You really miss a lot of basic social <laughs> understanding. Yeah, you guys are, are pretty uh, pretty into what's going on in those things. I was just like, oh man, he's really cold on that bus. My number eight is a TV show. Again, two back-to-back TV shows. Uh-oh. Yeah, but it was Marvel's The Defenders. I don't know why I said Marvel before that. It's like, you'd be like, oh, is that a DC property? No, it's The Defenders. And I had to think long and hard. I enjoyed Iron Fist. I thought Punisher was fantastic. But I only allowed myself to pick one of the uh, Netflix TV shows. And I had to go with The Defenders. There was something about having these years of build-up and close to 70 episodes of these characters standing on their own. That you get that great treat of them all coming together, which is something like you would kind of like, which is what you all probably get in Infinity War and kind of what you wanted, like in Justice League. Yeah, Justice people had League, to wait like a whole two years to get this team up. No, it was about four years. Was it really? Yeah. Daredevil came out, season one came out four years ago. Yeah, I believe so. Close to Fuck. it. Yeah, it. I could be a little bit off on that. But I mean, if you compare it to something like Justice League, where you're like, oh, we saw Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, but then we had to introduce Flash and Cyborg in this movie, essentially, and Aquaman. You don't get that great camaraderie sense of togetherness. I mean, Deathstroke. And Deathstroke. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it's all the stuff. So that's why I really appreciate it. And it wasn't a big run. It's only eight episodes. And to be honest, the villain for the show wasn't great. It was probably the weakest villain in any of the Netflix Marvel series. But something about those four being together. And they had great chemistry playing up one another. They had... I don't know. It was just, and it's great to have Jessica Jones back. Christian Ritter is fantastic. I'm excited for season two of that show to come back. March, baby. In March. So. I think you glossed over something that was, I think, very important. Did you say that that was the only Marvel television show property on your list here? No, it was the only Netflix Marvel property. Okay, so that means no Punisher. No Punisher. And I loved Punisher. Wow. Yeah, and I, I, I thought Punisher was absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, if it's on your list and what we talk about it then, I'm not going to say either way. If not, if you want to hear about The Punisher, we're going to talk about it later. Or you can email us and let us know. Or you can just accost me in the streets and, <laughs> and yell, my, yell at me about The Punisher. That's my primary yeah. form of, of complaining is just meeting somebody randomly in the streets and yelling at their face. All right, so on to number seven. This one might be a little low for some people. This one is going to come in at a lot of people's number one comic film of the year. And I have it all the way down at number seven. I, I don't even know your answer, but it's probably going to make me angry already. I hope it does. Well, it might not be what you think it is. It, but I also have to contain myself 
if it does make me angry. Keep in mind, I own the Steelbook Blu-ray version of this film. I think it's a wonderful film. Like Alex said, to reiterate, oh, the Steelbook you bought it at Best Buy. <laughs> I did. As a matter of fact, ordered it online. It's Wonder Woman. An amazing film. Yep. Now, it's one of the things that, like you feel awkward like placing it that low because it's probably most likely the best DC film to come out to date for this for the DC extended universe. It is, and as yeah. I'm looking over my list here, um it is the highest rated DC um property on my list. Yeah, and it's one of those films where it's it did a lot. It was the first in a lot of things and it was fantastic. I just don't know how rewatchable it is compared to some of the other ones. And it's an entirely rewatchable film, but it's a war film. It's not super funny or anything. Comedy it's very war. formulaic. Um it's great for what it is. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, everything worked. Yeah. Like, the, the film is essentially flawless, which also goes to show you how great this film or how great this year was. It really for does. Comic book and I watched Wonder Woman three times. I think it's excellent. Yeah. No knock on. You own the Steelbook, like you said. Yeah. yeah. I, I pre ordered the Steelbook. I didn't wait around. I wasn't fucking around on this one, guys. Go buy it. You're disappointed when you couldn't find a male Wonder Woman costume for Halloween. You're actually very wrong because i did find one <laughs> my penis just hung out of it that's how short it was i don't have a very big schlock well it's weird that you're buying kids <laughs> outfits, but it was yeah it was a girl's medium and sure it didn't fit on me because i'm six foot five but mm-hmm. you know what i'm okay with it i'm okay with my body this is body positivity <laughs> if you have any questions about what what looks great on you don't email us because we're not going to be accepting pictures we're not that kind of podcast all right, Alex, what's your number seven? Mine is Teen Titans Judas Contract, Ooh. the DC animated film. And I thought this was actually a great year for the DC animated properties. Batman versus Harley Quinn. Yeah, Batman Harley Quinn, which I actually had the least news about. I thought it was just kind of a cash grab uh, off the two characters' popularity. And, I mean, arguably it still kind of was, but it ended up being a really fun film. Like, not what I was expecting at all. I mean, you had Harley Quinn singing Hanging on the Telephone by Blondie, which was a fun twist. We're worked. not talking about that that movie, Alex. Oh though. crap! Yeah, we're not I'm talking about <laughs> Teen Titans Dude Contract. Also, Justice League Dark didn't make the list for me, but it was also fantastic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Judas Contract, based off one of the arguably no, not arguably based off the greatest Teen Titan story out there. They made some changes, like you expect. All of the changes weren't terrible, like they were in the Killing Joke animated film. Ugh. The changes worked to modernize it a bit, just to keep the pacing moving along. The voice acting was fantastic. You had Deathstroke again as the main antagonist. I'm a huge Deathstroke fan. You got to see Nightwing in action. You got to see Beast Boy in action. You got to see all your favorite Teen Titans and some of the classic versions of them too. And it was just, it really just, I don't know. It's probably my favorite of the DC animated films to date. Let me just go and tell you that for one, I no longer collect DVDs. And number two, I got both uh, Teen Titans Judas Contract and Batman Harley Quinn on DVD from my little brother. I'm going to just promptly throw them in the trash next time I see him <laughs> and say Blu-ray or nothing. <laughs> yeah, who buys digital video disc anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What even is that? Where do you even find those? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for nothing, Andrew. I don't love you anymore. Classic Andrew. <laughs> yeah. My shitty little brother. God. Trying okay. to be thoughtful. So why don't you go ahead and tell us number six. We're going to end at number six. Part two, we'll start off with number five. All right. Uh, so I'm I'm really, really trying to make Alex mad with every single one of my rankings. 
but I think this one might make him a little happy. Number six on my list is Alex's favorite superhero. It's Logan. It's Mr. Wolverine himself in his film called Logan. I watched this over the holiday break, actually for the first time, and I fucking loved it. It was great. I cannot say enough about this film. Like, I'm sure you're going to say more later, so shut your yeah, mouth. Yeah, I am. So I yeah. am going to. Yeah. Spoiler alert for my own list. It did make the top 10. Yeah. Surprise. It's his favorite character. Yeah. It's not a surprise whatsoever, Alex. Wolverine's not my favorite character. Come on. Is it Buffy? I do love Buffy. <laughs> uh, but I do, out of the what we've seen in movies, Cat, I mean, I love Deadpool. Deadpool's fantastic. But from. Hugh Jackman's just fantastic as Wolverine and or Logan, and he owns that character. Yeah, he really took the old man Logan story and really, really ran with it. And again, spoiler alert, the fucker's dead. He's dead as shit. Yeah, it ends on a tragic note. Probably it's the saddest ending for any mainstream comic book film to come out to date. Yeah, you don't really kind of see those endings anymore. Well, actually, you're about to see a whole ton of them in this next <laughs> wave of Marvel. Get ready, everybody. All your characters are dying. I mean, to uh, be fair, Superman did die. So well, it, they also brought him back yeah, um, I mean, immediately. Yeah. When I mean, you call Superman before Justice League comes out, you probably figure that he's going to come he back. He was dead right for away. a third of the movie. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So, again, we're not talking about that movie. We already did. It was math number 10. So, for my number six to run out this first half of our top five, was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Oh wow, that is that is low. Yeah, it didn't make the top half. I say that as someone that adores this film. It's probably I've listened to the soundtrack more than the soundtrack throughout the year. James Gunn is one of my favorite directors. The humor is spot on. I I love everything about this film. That's it's such a low ranking. Yeah, I know. Such a low yeah. ranking for that. And that was at one time on my list the number one choice. Yeah, well, it was never number one choice in my list. Wow. In fact, I'll say that I knew the number one and number two choice on my list before I picked any other numbers. Like, those two were undisputed. Yeah, Yeah, I figure I figure I know one of those and maybe the second one as well. No, you don't. I guarantee you, you don't know. Oh, God. One, you do. I guarantee you, the other, you don't. But we're going to stop right there for that because I guarantee you, by Matt's reaction, that Guardians is on his list. So we'll talk more about Guardians in part two. Yeah, let me let me pose a real quick question to you, though. Because Guardians has done it now, and I think other people are trying to emulate it. Uh, what do you think the role of a soundtrack is going to be in these in these comic films going forward? Suicide Squad was a film that had a good soundtrack. It, it did, it but it was all soundtrack. It was yeah, nothing else. It wasn't like a cohesive soundtrack either. I felt no. like it was just like, let's just gr- get some great pop songs of the past. And throw them on there, and it worked. I enjoyed the songs when they came on. Yeah, every time a good song came on, I was like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah!" And then I, I got back to the movie. I was like, "Hey, can we play that song again?" I think a lot of it for it to work has to come from the director. I think the song can have a personal touch to them or a relationship to them to also fit in with the tone that they're trying to capture. I don't know if all, every director can do that. No, definitely not. No, I'm sure Guardian Three will have a great soundtrack. Guardians One of the great soundtrack. I see that continuing or not continuing way, and it also has the right kind of tone. Like you're not going to get a great soundtrack to a film like Justice League because it doesn't call for that kind of thing too. But a film like Deadpool 2 could have something like that. Yeah, I was yeah. actually I was really thinking uh Captain Marvel coming out soon. Captain Marvel might yeah, I was going to say exactly soundtrack. in that sense cuz it takes place I want to say in the early 90s, I want to say yeah. or the ladies any of the X-Men films that are period pieces, I think uh the next X-Men film Dark Phoenix takes place in the 90s too, I want to say so it's another one that could lend itself to having a great soundtrack that fits in with the film. 
Yeah, that really would lend itself to, I think, just a different atmospheric element uh, to the film. And I would even think, um, shit, one of the new DC movies could definitely have it. Like, yeah, you could you could do something with Flash. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Aquaman will just play "Under the Sea" by Bobby Darin the entire time. Yeah, if it if it, it be, doesn't play at least, and I love once. that song, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, might be able to mix in "Splish Splash" too. Another great Bobby Darin track. <laughs> this is uh Bobby Darin tracks with Matt and Alex, uh, and then I think that's just just about wraps it up. So coming back after the break, actually uh, next week. We no, are, oh hold on, I, I hold on. I'm not done talking. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. You shut your mouth. <laughs> if you could pick any current comic book property to be developed into a movie or television series in this next year if you take any book that you read or any character and have it developed into something what would you want it to be there are several things you pick one <laughs> you don't tell me how to live my goddamn life i would like a real life adaptation like it not obviously a real life <laughs> a reality show yeah, real, true story yeah. eight people um, I would absolutely love to see the Wicked and the Divine get picked up as a live action film. Yeah, I think that it, visually it's such a striking series. Yeah, yeah, you have, and it could be done. And you, yeah, you have characters too that have a really strong voice. That if you could find the right actor for them, would just steal scenes from wherever they're in. Absolutely. Too. I mean, you could do it as a television show. You could yeah. do it as a as a film franchise. You could knock three films out with it. Uh, that just in my mind would be the end all be all like the greatest thing. Cause I don't think anything like saga is really doable right now. And unless it's in like the animated world. And I think, and I, that's, I don't think I know that's on purpose. Yeah. And I think the wicked divine, I, I'd love to see it too. I wouldn't be disappointed at all. My only fear would be that it'd get to the point kind of like game of Thrones has to where the movie or series has gone past where the books are. I don't know. This, this is such an absurd hypothetical to even like, well, maybe if they make it, They'll make will be so successful to make way too many that Karen Gillan won't have written the next book yet. Okay, no, he's not George R. R. Martin. I'm, I'm gonna just he's popping these in. trades out like two yeah. a year, dude. Yeah. Slow your roll. I would actually love to see. And at first, I thought like Moon Knight is a popular answer. I would love to see a Moon Knight like Netflix series, but that's not what I'm going with. I'm gonna go with the DC character, the Question. The Question, for those who don't know, is a detective who is faceless, he wears a mask that covers any expression on his face, and he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, not like in a creepy, like, absurd way like my see the internet, but like someone that connects all the dots and, you know, if someone's going to track down a real-life Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot, it's going to be him, although he doesn't always handle Supernatural. He might even be a greater detective than Batman, but he's always off, he's off-kilter, he's doesn't trust anyone. When you watch the X-Files, you see the famous poster of trust no one. That's essentially the way the question lives. So, so he's like, <laughs> he's like the coon from uh, South Park. Say he's less racist. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more physically fit. I don't yeah. know if that's possible, yeah. but okay. And an actual detective. So, <laughs> and not a child. That's three for three misses, man. For anyone that just like wants a quick fix of the question, there's some great episodes of just League Unlimited that feature the question that really gives personality pretty well. So that's a great place to start for anyone that's curious about that character. In fact, I believe Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin are actually working on our pitch, a question TV show at one point to someone that didn't get picked up, but maybe somebody else can take the reins. Maybe DC will be ready to develop that character at some point. But I think that about wraps it up for part one of our top 10 films, comic book TV shows, blah, blah, blah of the year. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. For this week's Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Eschbach. And I am a very deserving of a top three spot, Peter Quill. Henchman ain't easy. Thank <laughs> you.